Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really, really glad to have this man on. He's an expert on China. He's an author. He's a guy that we've seen on on cable talking about China for a long time. It's Gordon Chang. Gordon, how are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, well, thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. Uh, well, you're very welcome. Uh, China is an anomaly to me, and, and here's why. Well, maybe more of an enigma. I've been there. We adopted our daughter, Gia, from China 12 years ago. Uh, I'm not sure, but it appears as though things have changed a lot just in those 12 years. When I went, they tried to give me sort of the westernized look at what China is, but we, we luckily had an exchange student from China who showed us some other parts of China which weren't so great. I guess what I don't, what I don't understand, and maybe you can illuminate me uh, on what this is all about, why does China have such a problem with us? What are they trying to do? Uh, the, the Communist Party has a problem with America. They think that we're an existential threat. And Joe, it's not because of anything that we say or we do. It's because of who we are. An insecure ruling organization is worried about the inspirational impact that we have on the Chinese people because of our values and because of our form of governance. So this is going to continue, and there's nothing we can do about it. So they really just, I mean, that is so profound. I've never heard anybody say that. It's because of who we are. It's because we love freedom, because we have a constitution that says the government needs to keep their hands off of these God-given rights. That's the issue? Yeah, that's the issue. Um, Because the Communist Party makes the case that the Chinese people can't govern themselves. But they can see people in Taiwan, for instance. They can see people in Europe. And, of course, they can see America. And that means that uh, they believe that the Communist Party will never be secure as long as there is a United States of America. It's Gordon Chang. Follow him on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang, right now. Um, I think I follow you. If I don't, I apologize. I will certainly right after we get done here. Um, that's really, again, it, you, you blew my mind a little bit with that because now it's making me think that's why they're infiltrating us through tech, through TikTok. That's why they're infiltrating us by, by taking over different servers or, or threatening you know, other ways to show that America is really weak. Uh, if you've paid any attention to TikTok, what you see on there is that America sucks, is that our founding was bad, is that we're a bunch of racists and that we're, we're a bunch of people that repress and oppress people. If they can prove that to the younger generation, then the younger generation would believe that China is, for some reason, better. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, uh, they do that. They they put they glorify drug use because the Chinese um, Communist Party is behind the fentanyl gangs. Um, they want to kill Americans with overdoses. Um, they push critical race theory. Um, you know, it, all sorts of things that the Chinese government and the Communist Party push through TikTok. TikTok is owned by ByteDance. Right. ByteDance is nominally private, but the point is that in China, it doesn't matter because ByteDance, whether it's state-owned or private-owned, has to do what the Communist Party tells it. And that's why TikTok is so important to Beijing. So if TikTok, um, if China were to go to Beijing, were to go to ByteDance and say, hey, give us all the data that you have on every American, they would have to? Yes, uh, they'd have to. Not only is it the Communist Party's top-down system where nobody in China can refuse a demand by the party, but the party, incredibly, has actually codified this in China's national intelligence law of 2017. Articles 7 and 14 require every Chinese national and every Chinese entity to commit espionage if they receive a demand from the authorities to do so. Wow. And that means ByteDance has to give over all of this location data, 
all of the data that they get by running TikTok in the United States. And from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, the Chinese version of TikTok, which I think is just called ByteDance, um, they glorify how great the Chinese system is. China is the best. The Chinese flag is the best. Communism is the best. Mao is the best. Xi is the best. Is that true? Yeah. It, the site is called Daoyun, um, okay. and you're absolutely right about the content. It is 100% different than what you get on TikTok. And this, again, is to glorify China and for some reason to convince everybody around the world that their system is the best. It's Gordon Chang. Follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Go to GordonChang.com. The latest writing is the great U.S.-China tech war. We can talk about that in a second. But let me ask you something that's that's more historical. Was China ever free? Because I, I couldn't help but notice that the Great Wall that I was climbing up on was built probably by slaves centuries ago. And in fact, some of them might have died while building it. I'm sure plenty of them did. Um, I get the feeling that it was always authoritarian. Was it? Was it ever free? For a few months around 1912, 1913, they had an experiment where they tried to develop a parliament, but that just uh, fell away as um, a, a warlord took over the place and then one disaster after another. So no, um, China is not, has not been free. Do the the people of China want to be free? We know what happened in Tiananmen Square in the late 1980s. When I was in China, I purposely Googled Tiananmen Square. And what came up was that uh, one person died from a a ricocheting bullet, um, and it was all accidental. You and I know that thousands of people died. They were run over by tanks. But, But the Chinese people don't know that? Is that true? Many Chinese people do not know it. Um, there, there is a narrative that only soldiers died, but there are some people in China who didn't know that anything took place at all. So for instance, when uh, my wife and I were in, in Shanghai working there, um, one of our good friends, um, his girlfriend, who was about maybe 30 at the time, and this was like 1997, 1998, um, we were, you know, we, I was talking to my client about Tiananmen Square. Uh, and his girlfriend, who is now his wife, looked at him and said, what was that? So, wow. yeah, the Communist Party has been pretty successful in either erasing it or whitewashing it. Could big tech push back against them, Gordon? Could could big tech like Facebook and Twitter and, and other um, American-based companies that want to be in China, can they tell China or, or Google even, we're not going to alter Google, we're not going to uh, alter Wikipedia, we're not going to alter Twitter or Facebook, or would China just summarily kick them out of the country? China would summarily kick them out of the country or keep them out. Um, in the case of Facebook or Twitter, they're not—they're uh, just not available in China. Um, Google was there um, for a little while, um, and then you know, Google basically withdrew. It's—it's um, it's got some um, businesses there, but the search engine was basically banned. Um, though not technically. Really, this is a question of reciprocity um, yeah. because. You know, we allow TikTok in the U.S., but they don't allow our apps in China. Isn't that something? And, and, and they, they're not apologetic about it. That, that's just the way it is. It's like the Confucius Institutes that were here, and, and luckily they're starting to be kicked out. Uh, but you, you could, could I go open a, a First Amendment freedom of, of, uh, of living as a human being American Institute in China? The answer, of course, is no. Yeah, the answer is no. We couldn't have a Roosevelt Institute or a Reagan Institute. That, that's just not permitted. So what do we do to combat this information war from them? Because unfortunately, on this side of the pond, people there are a lot of people who are complicit. There are a lot of people who want either, either they want the Chinese way or they're making so much money off of China that they're not going to change. I'll use the NBA 
as uh, as an example. Billions of dollars in money flowing here uh, to the NBA, the National Basketball Association from China, knowing that China is even as we speak, enslaving Uyghurs, even as we speak, stopping people from freely practicing religion, even as we speak, uh, harvesting organs. Is, is that is that why we turn a blind eye, mainly because of money? It, it, mainly because of money. Um, also, you know, some people have this notion that most American policymakers shared, and that is, if we engage China, if we help to strengthen China, that it will become benign. And clearly, that engagement theory has not worked. Um, but, you know, for many elements like the NBA, like Hollywood, like Wall Street, like Walmart, it is just an issue of money. It's Gordon Chang. Go to his Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Make sure you follow him right now. He's got a big following. You've seen him on cable news a lot. He's a great author. Get his latest um, book. It's The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Plus, there's a movie called Innovation Race. Go to innovationracemovie.com. Gordon, could we ever, could I, let's say I, I were a millionaire billionaire. I'm not. But let's say that I was. Let's say I'm Mark Cuban, and I want to go buy 200 acres next to a Chinese military facility. Can I in China? No. Um, matter of fact, nobody can own land in China. The most you can get is a lease, a long-term lease, about 70 years. But no, you can't. But you know that company from Shandong Province, Wu Feng, um, has now been cleared to buy that 370 acres, which are 12 miles from Grand Forks Air Force Base where we maintain satellite communications as well as communicating with our drones. And Fu Feng can actually listen to what's going on there. And I'm worried uh, that they could actually disrupt those communications at a time of war. I mean, it's nuts, isn't it? Uh, the fact that our well, the administration was asked to check and see if this was okay. Oh, yeah, we see no problem. They literally said we see no problem. Of course, Trump would never have allowed this to happen. I don't even know that Obama would have allowed it to happen. Why do they own Biden so much that this administration would turn a blind eye to having a, a, a ownership and a company, a so-called company, could be a front, we don't know what it's, what it's going to be, within 15 miles of a military facility. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. The, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., which is a Treasury Department-led interagency task force, um, said it did not have the statutory authority to prevent the purchase of land. And, and when you look at the Defense Production Act of 1950, that's the correct conclusion. But there's a guy named Joe Biden, whose address, by the way, is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., Yes, who has the authority under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977 or the Trading with the Enemy Act of 1917 to prevent this purchase, and he should have done so. And can you think of a reason other than his son was managing a billion and a half dollars of Chinese money or uh, any other reason other than um, for some reason Joe Biden has a great affinity for China? Why would he not say no? Well, you know, the other reason, of course, Joe, could be that China has effectively supported the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. But we'll, we'll put that one aside for the moment. <laughs> you know, Biden, just just as background, even even when you take out the issue of money, has been wrong on almost every foreign policy issue. And he is very much um, devoted to this engagement theory. And when he got elected, in November 28, 2020, a Chinese academic named Di Dongsheng gave a lecture in Shanghai, which was wide, broad streamed across the country. And Di Dongsheng said, look, that Chinese were now looking forward to again resuming their ability to control decisions at the highest levels in Washington 
because of the uh, election of Joe Biden. That should tell us a lot. I'm not saying they did, Gordon, but if China had the ability to, why wouldn't they try to help him to win the election? Yeah, I mean, actually they did. If you look at Chinese propaganda, they were behind Biden in the Democratic primaries when it came to the contest with Bernie Sanders. Right. And, of course, they were supporting him in the general election. So I think it's pretty clear that Beijing was behind Biden from the get-go. It's Gordon Chang. Go to gordonchang.com. That's his website. Get this, uh, the book. It's a, it's a, 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 it's a soft cover, right? The, the latest book. It's The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Yeah, it's, it's a booklet, um, a booklet which, which goes through and, and talks about uh, China's competition in the tech era. And you're releasing the film Innovation Race. You can go to innovationracemovie.com or check out the podcast, innovationracepodcast.com. Let's make it easy. Go to Gordon G. Chang uh, over on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang, and uh, you can follow everything that he does, and he'll continue to, to post exactly all of these things that he's working on, and it's a lot. Let me ask you uh, something off the beaten path a little bit. When we have a shortage of Tylenol, or we have a shortage of you know medicine for, for strep throat, it turns out we get most of our medicine from China. I don't know what's wrong with us, but also our manufacturing has left this country, so we're not a manufacturing um, um, economy necessarily. We're more of a service-based economy. That's all happening in China. Why did we let that happen? Is there a good reason you can give to my audience why we would ever be reliant on China, who I don't think likes us, I think that's, that's a pretty easy statement to make, um, for our medicine and for our manufacturing? Uh, there is that's just to me incomprehensible we should have never allowed that to happen in the first place uh, and it, it happened because in the beginning there was this notion that as i mentioned that uh, china would become like us this was the euphoria in the united states after the cold war it was like the end of history theory of francis fukuyama yes. that the whole world would migrate to liberal democracy and free markets and so that drove our policy was the policy brought by Nixon? Everybody heralded how great it was that Nixon went to China and normalized relations with China. Did he do this? Yeah, well, Nixon did that in 72. But you got to remember, that was the Cold War. We yeah. did need China's help in the contest with the Soviet Union, which was an existential contest. But after the Cold War, uh, we certainly didn't need China's help. And, and China became the became obvious to became the big villain. And, and so we should have uh, switched our policy. But we didn't. And, and for that mistake, we can thank a number of American presidents, but especially George H.W. Bush, who, after the Tiananmen massacre, sent uh, Brent Strokoff as a secret emissary to tell Deng Xiaoping, the Chinese leader at the time, who murdered those Chinese students and workers right. and, and people. He said, don't worry about it. We're, we've got your back. And that was 100 percent wrong. And that really was original sin. In the best circumstance what was he hoping to gain by that? He doesn't do it just to help China out or don't worry about it. What did he think we would gain as a country or he would personally gain by giving his support like that? I guess it's the notion that, um, you know, Americans and Chinese could become prosperous together. I mean, I don't know. The Bush family certainly has become prosperous because of China. Right. Um, I don't know if that influenced his decision, George H.W. Bush, when he was president. But the point is, it was an incorrect, it was a strategic mistake. Clearly, and, and I'm glad that you brought it up here. It's uh, Gordon Chang. Go to Gordon G. Chang over on Twitter, gordonchang.com to find everything he's doing there as well. Get his books, check out the new movie coming out, Innovation Race. Um, I guess what, what's perplexing me is it's been 50 years since Nixon went. 
And I get the relationship because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I get that. Um, and, and to have help in the region without us having to be physically over in Eurasia dealing with Russia, I understand that as well. But what is it going to take, Gordon, in your opinion, for us to say, okay, they see us as competition. They see us as the enemy. Maybe we should stop trying to make them like us. Yeah, well, it's happening now in Washington. Um, so, for instance, there's, you know, there is bipartisan support behind the Select Committee on China that uh, Speaker McCarthy has authorized. And, and Mike Gallagher, the re- Republican congressman from Wisconsin, is going to be the chairman of it, I guess. And there is bipartisan support for that, but we're not moving fast enough. Yeah. Um, so it's going to it's going to take, you know, guys like you talking about it because we've got to change the views of the American people because we can push our congressman. We can push our president, but it's going to take a lot of effort on our, on our part. Just about out of time with Gordon Chang. Follow him at Gordon G. Chang over on Twitter. Just a quick answer, if you don't mind. I, I'm a big Trump supporter. I saw what he did with China. I thought it was exactly appropriate. He got so much pushback by the left and from some on the right. How would you grade him in his uh, the way that he acted in our relationship with China? Yeah, I give him a B plus. Okay, um, he did as much as he possibly could to change views on China. He didn't do everything he wanted to do, but you know he's the president of a democratically elect. He was democratically elected. There's only so much that he could do because yeah. he had to represent the American people as well. Gordon, great answer, great stuff, great information. Do me a favor, come back again, would you? I would love to, Joe, and thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Go follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Appreciate Gordon Chang coming on. We will have that entire interview up on Rumble later on. And again, I'll, I'll put it out, promote it out on, on all the social media. Make sure you follow us there. This is Bob. Dirty pop. Hi, Paula. What's going on? So, Dr. Dre's in the news again, uh, this time for okay. a different reason. I know that earlier in the week it was something to do with uh, what's her name? Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Green. Green, yeah. But now he's in the news because he's closing in on a music deal worth over $200 million for some of his assets. Wow. Dude, that's the life. Yeah. All right. I, I, I could not tell you one song he's ever done. I'll just be honest with you. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.